What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Bow Hunter Planet Podcast, your gateway to the wonderful world of archery. Hey guys, welcome to bowhunterplanet.com. It's myself, Dave Thomas, Slate Law, Tim Mazzarana, and we have Corey Overtime Anderson on with us, who is one of the coolest fighters I've ever met, and exactly love I, I especially loving watching this on Showtime because I have been very uh ad- adapt to watching us tell Corey when we were talking before I, he came on the show i just said you know i was gonna cancel showtime after your fight the first one i watched and it was so exciting that i was like you know what i think i'm gonna keep it and just watch other fights like during the off time because it's kind of exciting more than i thought it was and <laughs> it's really become a lot of fun so Corey, welcome to show again man it's good to see you thanks for having me back on good to be back here yeah like so, you said the showtime thing one thing like my mom she hated fighting and I started watching my fight, and she into it. I come home and visit, and walk in the living room, and she been in watching fights. Like, yo, what are you doing? Like, I'm watching. I'm studying. So, <laughs> once you get into it, because you know somebody, it's hard to get out of it. Yeah, and and so when you prepare to actually go into the ring, are you like, are you dead set? Like, I am winning this, no hands, no doubt about it. This guy's going down. Like, what's the mental state? I guess you're in in that moment. My mental state has always been I have to do my job better than him, you know, just like any job. When I go to work, when I club punch the clock at time, I was like, I got to go out and do my job better than the other regional managers. I got to do my job better than the other supervisors. When I was a college coach, just like now, I got to coach these kids better than the other coach going to coach their kids, so he's prepared. And that's just, I've never had that. The one time I went to a fight with the mentality to hurt somebody, I seriously got hurt and ended up in the hospital and all this extra stuff. Because that's just not my mindset. I went in there with the wrong thing in the mind, fighting completely different, and it cost me. And ever since I've, I've always said, I've never wanted to hurt anybody when I step in a cage. I'm not one to want to physically hurt anybody, but with my job, injuries come. So I pray for me and my opponents before I go in. It's like, allow me to go out here and do this to the best of my ability, and everybody can go home in one piece. And uh, if they end up getting cut or get hurt, it's never really intentional. It happens. But so far, when guys are getting cut and hurt, it's nothing really bad. It's all superficial. A couple stitches, and they right back up. We're talking all night. We go to the bar. We wake up in the morning. We have breakfast. And everything is cool, you know. So well, my mindset is just I got to go out here and dominate, you know. And by dominate is I don't necessarily have to hurt you, but I want you to know when this fight is over, you can't say if we fought again, I could possibly get him. Well, this one opportunity, like I had a chance I could have got him. Like, even when I wrestled, I wanted to dominate you. And if it was close, I would, like, start pushing you into the bleachers and the hardwood just to let you know I'm willing to get gritty. And when I beat you, you're not going to fight or wrestle me again. 
And that's just the same way I fight. Like, I don't want to hurt you, but I want you to know you don't want to sign a contract to fight me again. And that's just my mindset when I go in there. I love it, man. Awesome. Now, that's where Let the me... overtime comes from, right? So you put in that overtime. <laughs> exactly. Do that exactly extra work that, that nobody else is doing to get yourself that's exactly where you exactly where it came from. from. I was always, since college, I was always doing more than everybody else because I wanted to outwork everybody. But I think I said that before we even started recording, just asking you briefly about your hunting season. You've been out hunting way more than I have already, um, you know, this early <laughs> part of the season. And, uh, man, you're, you're, you're killing it. You said you were, what, four for four, four shots, four down? Four for four, four shots, four down. I think That's the first crazy, one went man. 75 yards. That was my buck. 75 yards 75 yards the, other one, the one doe went down in 15 to 20 the other one went down 25 the one i whacked the other day went like 50 to 60 yards. i think it was 60 because it got lost in the tall brush a little bit I, my dog was tracking it and she did a different loop and then the buck yeah it was a it wasn't a perfect double lung but i clipped the lung, the liver, and it went out the gut, and he just shot straight down about seventy yards on the fence line and died down in his corner. That's now, what awesome. what broadhead are you using? The Rage Hypodermic, no collars. That was like my go-to. You know, I I've tried fix this company, uh, Vape Archery or VAP. I don't know VP. I don't know. They out of Indiana. When I moved to Indiana, they found me out there and they sent me a pack. And they so far, those probably the truest flying. The broad heads I had compared to the um, what's that? Not the Acu. Do do the, the Acu bow. What's that called? The hurt something hurricane. Uh, eyes cuts. Eyes cut hurricanes. He sent me those. And the first time I shot them at twenty, they were boom, boom, boom. Like you said, field point. The next time I shot them, they was all over the place. So it's kind of like I just, I just hard for me to trust the fixed head. So I stick with that mechanical. I've had more errors with the fixed head and I have a mechanical. So I was like, I'll just stick with that. I'll stick with my mechanicals. I know it's going to leave me a big, nice cut. I'm also a certified dog tracker. And that's the one thing we talk about is when you tracking a deer, you tell these people shoot a mechanical because it makes it leaves for more of a blood trip. When it yeah. goes, it's cutting it. It's going to leave a more of a blood trip. And if we can't find blood, it's going to make that deer put out more scent from their hooves. It's going to make it easier for my dog to track. So with that in mind, I just keep sticking to the mechanics. What what goes into that whole dog tracking uh, business, man? And so, what, well, first of all, what kind of dog? I got a chocolate lab. Okay, and then then how does that work? Like, are you, is it is it it's blood scent training? Is that how you do it? So that's the thing. A lot of people think, oh, I can't find blood. Can your dog find it? Or it's been raining for two days. Can you find it? Yes, one hundred percent. One, the rain enhances the scent. Now there's a gland in between the hooves. My buddy made a post today. The guy who actually taught me how to train the dog and all that, he made a post today. I've never actually seen the gland, but he spread the deer hoof, and you can see it's like a little hole in between their gland. And when they get hit anywhere vital, where it scares them and they feel like their body going to shock, it puts out a scent out of there. And as they run, that's the scent that the dogs are tracking. So when we kill a deer, like all the deer I've killed, that's only went 20 to 75 yards. I kind of like, I throw the legs away. You know, sometimes I keep them and let the dog play with them. But as for scent, there's nothing on them. So what my guy always told me is, if you get a deer to run about 100 to 150 yards, that's long enough for that scent to stay like fumigated. It's very activated. So okay. those are the hooves you want to keep. So the longer the track, the better the hoof. So he had called me even like later in the season, like, yo, if you don't want to do any tracks, and you just want to go out and shoot some deer in the gut, you know, just to get a dog some practice. I have my dog, you know, come do it. And that's 
you know, it's unethical. You don't want to do it, but it's like you know it's going to die. You shoot one in the gut, it's going to die. But what it's doing is you can use that as a practice track. That's a scenario. It's hard to run on your own. We got freezers full of deer hooves, the vitals, the blood. You put the blood on the ground, you stump on it, then you'll walk 500 yards or 1,000 yards or a mile, however long, and you let it sit for a while. But when you, the realest thing and the best thing you can get in any situation is a live situation. So once the freezer is full and you, you're not in the urgency to get deer, sometimes I go out and you'll make a bad shot on a deer on purpose, knowing it's going to die. You make sure it's in a spot where it's going to die, but it's going to take a while just so that deer can run off for a while, just to let my dog get practice, you know? You know, that that's that. actually, uh, you explained it better than I've ever heard it before, because I've always heard about, about the, the hoof tracking, right? And mm-hmm. if you got a good tracking dog, it's not tracking blood, you want to train them to hoofs and all that kind of stuff. But I never really had it explained to me like that because I, I always had the question of, well, if that's the case, how come they're not sniffing out all the other deer that are in the forest, that's right? True. Like how, how there's 20 deer out there. How do they know that's the one that you're after? How do they know that's the one that you shot? And that makes perfect sense because those scents aren't coming out that, that adrenaline, the gland or whatever that, that that's, you know, putting out that scent isn't happening right away. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's a constant sort of scent that they're putting out. So that that's kind of cool, man. Yeah. I learned something new today. Thank you. Yeah. And then also, but like when you're doing the track, sometimes like my dog, she'll get excited. If I go to a spot like here in Jersey, you can bait. So you go to a spot where you know the deer coming in constantly. She'll follow that track. She, you can, but that's the thing about like anything, a coach and an athlete, you have to trust your dog, trust your athlete. You got to know what she's telling you. So a certain pool, she's tugging on that leash. Like, all right, she's on it. Just let her go. Just stay in just follow it. But at certain times she'll be on, she'll be pulled and she'll stray off and the leash isn't as tight, and you know, okay, she picked up when he's live deer that happened to walk through that scent trail. Yeah. So that, okay. is, that deer walked through the trail and started walking a different direction, and she was like, it's not as strong, so she's not sure. And she'll go about 25 to 30 yards around. Then she'll make a loop back to the original spot, and she'll go back, she'll backtrack, and she'll come back to that line, and she'll take off again. Like, all right, she's on it. That's so, cool, man. Yeah, it's it's kind of like watching uh, dogs and bird hunting. You got to trust the dog. You know, you got to trust your animal and your equipment yeah. um, as much as anything else. Cause they're the ones that are doing the work. You're just kind of watching and, and making sure nothing goes awry. So that's cool, man. So you, you got a pretty, you got a pretty hefty, you know, workout schedule for the fights and stuff that you do, but does that translate into how you, what, what you do and how you prepare for hunting? Yeah. hundred I mean, percent. What do you, what, what is your kind of, what's your MO? Like, what do you do? You putting through, you know, through every. What do you do, fully? Now I do girls the boat every. Like a a main focus of mine because I figured out a way to to put shooting my bow and then go right or side jab together because when I'm shooting up, I draw back. I got this arm fully extended. I got to find the anchor. I'm find the peep, and I got to. Put that pin in the right spot and don't move. And I'm thinking the same way I'm punching. I'm moving. I'm moving now. Just like on your bow, you're moving. You're shaking sometimes the people. You got once you find that that spot, you pull through. The same thing. The way I move, I'm always bouncing. I'm moving. Everything is moving. But at the same time, you just you waiting for that moment when everything lines up. It's like all right, go. So instead of pulling through, you let go. Just pop, pop, and then right back to moving, 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 moving. And I just took both of those, and it was. If I had like a bad practice, like a bad spar, I used to come home and I just pop my truck, my tailgate on my truck. I always have one of my bows in the back seat, grab my arrows, 
and just shoot. I got 60 yard range in the drop in the yard and just shoot and try to forget about practice. But what I'm doing is think about that same thing. Lock it, pull, draw back, set the pin, find it, find it, find it, pull through. And just fill up, just get that same find, find pull through, pull through. And before you know it, it's like I'm just so into the shooting, I didn't forgot about practice. So now the next time I go back to practice, it's like I'm not worried about how bad practice was earlier or yesterday or whatever. Hit that reset. Yeah, I had to reset, but my mind is already back to focus on what I have to do again. I got to keep moving, keep moving. But when that, that shot comes, the opportunity comes, take it. Just like jujitsu, I'm flowing, I'm flowing. We always constantly grappling, we moving, underhooks, weaving a leg, whatever it is. But when the opportunity comes to grab something, snatch it up, and now you got to cinch it. Get it tight, chain tight. But whatever the submission is I'm going for, and I just find a way to use both of those to resemble each other to where it's not, yes, it separates me from the two worlds, like archery gets me out of my head when I'm having bad days and training get me out of bad days when I have a bad day in the woods, which is really very rare because a good a bad day in the woods is better than any day, any day. So, but to use those both in that hunter mentality and the constant practice, just practice, 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 like I practice, practice fighting. The same thing with shooting, which is why I'm four for four this season. It isn't just because I'm lucky, it's because I practice all off season every day. Now that hunting season is in, is I have to pick my time wisely because when I get home from training, I have to get out to a private spot or get to a public spot or whatever it is. I have to either drive or if I go to public behind my house, I get an e-bike and ride so I don't have much time to dilly-dally with shooting arrows, pulling arrows, shooting arrows, pulling arrows, making sure everything is right, blah, blah, blah. Zay. So it's like I just load up and go to the woods and hopefully I get to see something to pull back and shoot on. But Stay in the zone, man. Stay yeah. in the zone. I like it. What about arrows? What kind of arrows are you using? Um, Killing Sticks. It's this company out of Canada. So they reached out to me, what, two years ago? I think Chad Mendez shot them first. And I posted some, or I was supposed to do a hunt with Chad Mendez, and I posted about it. And they reached out to me like, oh, we'd love for you to try arrows. The uh, Micro LTs is the brand I use, 250 spine. I think I'm shooting with like 489 total. It's got the 50 grain outsert, I can't remember the the grain per inch on them, but mine are 31 inches. I'm shooting the 100 grain tip, so I've always had a pass through on every shot, pass through, clean pass through, and I haven't had any problems with them so far. That's awesome. I look like using a uh, handle release, huh? Uh, through a thumb release, yeah. Cobra, Cobra Harvester. The Harvester, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys know Cobra. So you guys oh, yeah. Know. I had a Cobra shirt on here before I spilled something on it. <laughs> They're a sponsor of the hey, show. I, I had it on there. I was like, dang it. I wanted to wear it. Yeah, too. I met those guys that, uh, well, before I met them, when I first met PSE, actually, the release they had me use at the booth at the Great American Outdoor Show was a Cobra. I was like, yo, forget the boat. What releases is this? It's smooth. Yeah. I like, oh, know the guy, and he put me in touch with him. And then the next year, he was actually there and I met him and yeah. So I've been shooting. Jake, him yeah, he's a good guy, man. Yeah, Jake's good Jake's guy. fun to talk to, man, for sure. Hey, uh, so as far as the so your site goes, I look like I was watching your video while you're talking that what you shot this doe in Kentucky. It was actually a sweet shot, by the way. Um, look like using that is it red line bow hunting? Yep. Yep. I just try I'm trying them out this year. Nothing said, no deal or nothing, but I was trying out trophy line. And then the same people run Red Line. And I met those guys at Great American Outdoor Show. And that's when they told me in February, like, oh, we got something coming out with this new site company. Oh, this new site company we started in blah, 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 quivers and everything. 
I was using the HHA, but I don't know what was going on. At the end of last season, every time, I don't know if it was a vibration from riding on my e-bike or what, every time I got to the tree stand, it was like my sight was loose. Like, no matter how much I tightened it, it was loose. And it started pissing me off. Weird. And that's what I was telling them about. Like, oh, well, we got this new one. You can try it if you want. And they sent it to that's me. Cool. And so far, I have no problems with it. I like it. It's been pretty accurate. Like I said, four for four. All my shots have been where I've been aiming. So we'll see. There's all. There's a lot of interesting uh, site companies. We were, we were actually just, you know, obviously we work with HHA for years, but there's also, uh, you know, Redline was on this um, podcast, the owner, a uh, couple weeks ago. And so we learned a lot about them. And we also saw them at Total Archery Challenge in Michigan. So we went and talked to them there and, and did some videos with them there. But we actually just got off the podcast just a little bit ago with Dialed Archery, who's making a really cool site as well. Um, it's got this really cool big circle in it, like right at the where you spin it, yeah, and it's called wow. the void. It looks legit. I was like, dang, that thing is sick. Now, retail's like five hundred bucks, so I think it's definitely in the high end, right? But um, like I was telling them, you're you're kind of at the high end for your mark your market, right? HHA, uh, Spot Hog, Black Gold, you know, in there, and then I think even Redline might have one somewhere in that price point, but I know they do have a, a you know more price conscious stuff as well, but. Pretty cool though. Yeah, um, I got a buddy, Night Apex. AJ, he used them. Uh, I think my buddy Bo from East and East West Hunting the podcast, he uses them. And AJ was telling me about them at the uh, Total Archery Challenge in PA. He was there here showing me about talking about it. And I think the cool thing about that, like I said, that big ring in the, in the side is Sweet. pretty cool. Like it's nothing in between. Like, yo, what is going on? How's that? Like I said, it's a big void, an empty void, but. The fact that the bevel is at the top. Yeah. That was a pretty cool idea. You know, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. He said that he said that um the reason they decided to do that was that um when you when you look through your site and you you look down at your level, it actually makes you drop your hand a little bit going downwards. Your eyes, wherever your eyes go, your hand goes generally said it's Hey, and welcome to bowhunterplanet.com podcast. Thank you so much for support and watching this show here on carbon TV or listening to it, wherever you get your podcast. I just want to take a moment to thank the sponsors who help us bring this show to you guys and keep it interesting and fun. I want to thank tanks, cat work truck, camp chef, Cobra Archery, HHA and HHA USA, Mojack, Thorn Broadheads, Victory Archery, Burris, Reveal Trail Cams, Apex Competitions, Heat Hog, Deer Camp Coffee, and Under Armour. Make sure you check out and log on and sign up on the bowhunterplanet.com brand new website. It is simple, it is awesome, and it's a great place to chat bow hunting and archery with a whole bunch of like-minded people. So we'll see you soon, and now, back to the show. Just a general thing. And so he said that by putting it up, worst case, you'd be aiming a little bit high, but then you can come down, so you're not fighting gravity to try to shake to get back. So it makes sense. And I just thought it was cool looking the way they put it up there. I was like, yeah, that looks pretty sick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was a good experience yeah, talking to them. And, it was like, you know, that's pretty cool. But I'd already started working, uh, or not working, but using the red line. So, like, I'm just going to finish this with red line and see how it goes. And so far, yeah. Like, yeah, it's been great. So I have no complaints. Yeah, the I mean, sites are interesting. You know, there's so many good ones out there. There's, I mean, a lot of sites are pretty cool. My biggest thing has been, um, is weight. Like, I really want to cut the weight on the site 
to get, you know, so I can play with the bow more, you know, not, the bows nowadays are kind of moving upward in weight. They went from being around hovering around four pounds. Now they're hovering around 4.5 to 4.7. And, um, I, now I need to somehow draw weight away from somewhere else is my thought. So I was like, man, it'd be cool to get a lighter sight. I know Redline has some very lightweight sites. Uh, they're made of carbon, I believe, but they're not too expensive and not, you know, so it just depends what you're doing too. You know, it depends on where you're hunting, how you're hunting, right? Because some people, a guy who hunts in Michigan who goes, he's a weekend warrior, goes up a 20-foot ladder stand, doesn't need a freaking metal sight. He can get away with a cheap trophy ridge, you know, $40 joker. You know, yeah, it's not a big deal. But if you're somebody who's traveling and going to all these places, you need something durable. I mean, it's just like everything nowadays, like the bows, the everything, all, everything today with all the technology and science stuff, they're all top-notch. You know, people are like, oh, man, this is the best, horn is the best. Every yeah. single one of those yeah. bows will put a deer down and it's about the same speed because once you dial it down and you you get the right arrow, they all shooting around 283 something, you know? And they all putting holes in deer. That's all that matters. They all shoot the same. It's just, what is your preference? You know, I get tired of people like, oh, who, who is so much better than this? Or Matthews is the best. Like, stop, <laughs> stop with the BS. I can take that bow, you blindfold me and make me shoot all three bows and when I get, I'm not going to know which is which because they all shot great. It doesn't matter. But they try to swear by these different things. Like, like even I'm sponsored by PSC and I promote PSC 100%. But if somebody kind of like, yo, what boat can I get with my budget? Like, yo, what's your budget? If you ain't got nothing in PSC, like, well, hey, Bear, they got a little cheaper brand. You can go Mission, even though that's a magic. Yeah. Mission's a little cheaper. But I'm just going to be honest with you. Yes, first thing I'm going to push. It's PSE because I love PSE. You ask me questions about boat, that's the first thing I'm going to talk about because that's the boat I'm most comfortable with. I've shot a lot of boats. I had Matthews. I was at Hoyt. And for me, with my length, and like I said, some are a little different than others. Matthews, the short axis, axis, I dipped my head a little more. So it was like with my neck, it was giving me neck problems. Hoyt just had a little bit more vibration than the others. I could feel it in my shoulder, shooting them all the time. PSE was the only one with the fat grip. But I can push through. I think that big rubber grip made it to where I didn't feel that vibration as much. And it just, it felt good for me. And that's how I decided. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go with PSC. You know, and are you guy, pulling uh, like 70 pounds? What weight are you pulling? 74 and a half with my hunting bow. Is that my uh, target bow is at 65. Nice. So tell us about the, the, the YouTube show you've been, you know, promoting and, you know, using and whatnot. You put like all your hunts on here. So tell us about that. Like what, what can people expect coming up? Uh, are you guys putting a half? Are you putting videos out? All that good stuff. So I'm trying to do every other week, but you know, I got a lot, like I said, four before I got a lot of episodes and other product stuff that I filmed already. I might start doing every week just for a little bit, just to catch up, but I might just keep it every other week. So if, Something happened where I can't get out for a little bit of time. I still have some stuff in the archives. Um, after the fight, I'm doing a hunt with one of the owners from Whitetail Properties out in Kansas at one of his nice. properties, um, Pete Alfonso. So he sponsored me for the fights, and he invited me out after the next fight. Kansas, then after that, I'm going to try to get up to Nebraska, the Red Dog Outfitters, and uh, go out there and smack either a muley or a whitetail there. I think you can get either or tag, the guy was saying. So we'll get up there and see what's coming in and what's big, and I'll make my mind up, I guess. And then after that, like I said, I moved to Indiana technically, so I'm only in Jersey for fight camp. So I bought 40 acres in Indiana, and I've got some monsters down there walking around. I got a food plot put in. I got two nice tins that's showing up like every other day on the food plot. 
and I have a permission property like 40 minutes from my house where I got this monster, monster tent just walking through this cut bean field right now. Like every night he's coming through. So, you know, I got those. And I got you itching for that one? Oh, man. I think my buddy. <laughs> I was in a picture of my boy. Like, how are you in a fight camp right now? How can you focus yeah. on that? You're just walking around. I like, I got, I got to pay the bills first. That's right. That's and right. Now, do, you use, do you use the cell cams? Yeah. The cell phone trail oh, yeah. cams to kind of yeah. track all that stuff, or how do you do? Yep, it? I got the Moultrie edges and the base, the not the yeah, the elite base, the newer base they came out with. So I got those. I got like twenty of them between Indiana, Kentucky, and here, all over. I need to get more. I'm down to my last one sitting right here in the box and I'm about to put it out the next time I go out on public. So I'm going to have to there you go. Hit them up and have well, you start them. start looking for them. You gotta check out the Tacticams. It's what we use. And uh they've never failed us. They're they're quite quite easy to use as well. But uh yeah, it's kind of it, the, the the cell phone cams has kind of changed the game because it's like you you're looking at this and I we we went out last weekend for our first hunt camp and we're looking at it the whole week going oh man you know we're start we're start tagging our deer like we're going to we're going to go after this one and this one and it, it changes the game but I think it it keeps us excited too cuz we know what's there what's moving around and uh, it's not like this big present that you open up you go pull your SD card go back to camp and it's like is there anything here this year yeah type of deal so it's, it's pretty fun it man. definitely it fixes that void like you know like yeah it fixes that big void like you wonder like when you sit here you don't want to go out <laughs> every day because you just blow the spot so you're like okay i'm gonna sit for like a month and you wonder like what well, is anything there is anything there yeah other the camper is empty or you got 1300 pictures of one branch swing and one branch <laughs> swing yeah you know, but with the cell phone, like you can get a picture right there. I put yep. it up, I can see if it's gonna work. And if I leave and that night I'm getting pictures of the branch going, so I, I'm gonna sneak back into my e-bike and just move it down and move it around and cut that branch, whatever it is. And you know, but like I was just telling my buddy the other day, it's like, look, you gotta start using the camera as a tool, but not a guarantee. Because right. yeah. three of the biggest bugs I've killed, or well, three of the big bugs, two of them I've watched. Like come in and can this is Saskatchewan. I remember the guy telling me, Oh, this is the one I want you to get huge 11 pointer, but he only comes in at night. He's never in there at daytime. I've never seen him on camera, but he only every night he's in there. I sat there the third morning and he was the first deer in there. And the whole time he avoided that camera, he would go around, feed. Wow. Around, no way. And every deer was coming through <laughs> in that camera. And also he came out and he gave me a shot at 34 yards. And even after I killed him, we've never had not one picture the whole time he was there was he on that camera. We pulled the card and looked. And like you can't depend on it. It shows you deer is in the area. Now when the red is coming along, you see does go to that area. Because if there is a does are, the bucks are gonna be. Yeah. You know, people go, like, oh, I don't have my buck on camera. I'm not going like bro, that, that it's a reason why that buck is smart. He's not gonna once he knows that camera's there and he knows what it is, he's not gonna go there and let you know he's in the in the picture. You know, he's going to be in around in the area, but he's not going to let you know. He's, he's there. hunting you. He's yeah, hunting exactly. You. This is why, this so for trail cams, this is why I love, I know you I agree with you 100%, but there is one time that I use it that'll guarantee that that I made the right choice. And that's when I decide to sleep in in the morning and I don't <laughs> hunt. And then I check my trail cam and there's nothing on it. And I'm like, all right, I made the right decision. That's the only time. Only see, time. And my time, <laughs> see, for me, it's like 
I'll sleep in and decide not to hunt. And every day the buck come up and be on the camera like. <laughs> Smiling at you. Even <laughs> <laughs> with the corn cob in his mouth. Like, oh, where you at, homie? Like, all right, I'll be oh, back. I love <laughs> it, man. <laughs> no doubt. So have you, have you tried any of these uh, saddles yet to hunt out of? Oh, have yeah. you tried a saddle? Yep, that's what I'm hunting out of now, a saddle. I mean, and again, it's a tool. It's not yeah. like, oh, saddle is the best thing. Tree saddle is the best thing. No, like when I got into it, I was like, yo, it's another tool I'm as an arsenal. Now, early season, I'm saddled all day long because the branches and everything, when you sway and it's hiding behind the tree, when those branches are moving, they don't know because I think it's because your feet are so close to the tree, you look like a branch. But when it's late season, there's no more leaves. Last season, I, I tend to get picked off awful lot, especially self-filming. So I'm moving this arm with the camera, and I'm sitting here with my bow in hand, like, ready to get a shot. And I move, and they just see something move a little easier. So yeah. I started switching to my tree stand. So from there, I would sit in a V or in a, a tree that's going up two trees together and would just sit in between those in the tree stand, and I have better concealment. So... But yeah, right now I've been using the saddle for my lower back. It's the best, you know, training all the time, wrestling position, your back sucks. So being that saddle takes all that weight off my lumbar and just holding me up from my ass cheeks, you know? So it's like taking all the weight from my feet, you know, <laughs> no stress from my back. So I just love sitting there. It's kind of like physical therapy for me. I just sit there and just, just, just hang. You Portable know? chiropractor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that that's awesome. awesome. So tell me about do you but have you been out with your your you have how many kids? Just one? Yeah. Oh two. 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 Actually. Okay. Have you been out with them yet? I took my son out for the first time, what, two weeks ago. Awesome. How did how did he do? Yeah, he had fun, but <laughs> we didn't <Yeah>. see that. <laughs> that's all right, cool. man. Dad still gotta teach him. You, you can't let him you can't let him show you up yet. So. Oh no, he's only three. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh it was funny, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, got yeah. there. So we got there. I'm carrying my bow. I slide my bow into the blind. He's like, Dad, Dad, where's my bow, Dad? We forgot my bow at home, Dad. Like, no, you're not shooting, Dad. Your bow ain't big enough to shoot, but Dad, I want to shoot one, too. <laughs> like, How long did he time. actually last? He probably sat quiet. He sat in the blind for a whole hour and a half. Oh, but cool. he only sat quiet. Not even quiet, but, like, controllable for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I just, as soon as I close the door the blind, Soon as I close the dad, 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 like right as I get dark, I know where he is too. I'm like, Daddy, I'm pretty like, <laughs> like right, you ready to go home, son? Like it's over now. Yeah, like, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Definitely lessons to learn in patience there, which I think you know it's good for every kid to learn that lesson early. So yeah, like I, said, I wasn't worried about seeing anything. I just it was just put a smile on my face to see how excited he was. Just no be, doubt. You know, because he comes, I come home with the deer every time before I take it to the processor. In camp, I don't do my own deer, just take too much time. I'll take it home and let him see it because he field dressed one with me what last year. I wore him like the backpack carry while I dressed it and processed it. And he loved it. And like he's like, Dad, I want to see a deer. I want to see a deer. Dad, I want to see a deer. <laughs> so I bring it home, let him see it. And then I take it in. So one day I was out scouting. He came with me to hang cameras. Like, Dad, I want to go hunting, Daddy. I want to hunt with you, Daddy. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take you this year. You want to go? I'll take you. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So are you going to be uh... the best moments of my life for. 
for sure. So are you gonna are you gonna be going over to the ATA show this year coming up since you're in Indiana? <laughs> I'm gonna try. What is it? January, right? Usually January. Yeah, Indianapolis. Also Indianapolis this year? Yep. Oh hell yeah, I'm going. I right live in your backyard. I live ten minutes from Indianapolis. So oh yeah. geez. Oh geez, yeah. <laughs> I'm right outside. I'm like you jump on the highway from my house and go straight to downtown. So we're not yeah. too far. Were we Tim five hours or yeah, four four yeah, four and a half. I mean we're we're Detroit area, so so we're gonna be at uh, Lucas Stadium or something or uh, uh no, it's at the street. convention center. Right? Oh. I mean not far from Lucas Stadium, yeah, but it's right the there. Convention right there. At the basketball arena. Um no, they there there's there's an actual convention center downtown. Um, that, and that's all it is. Just there's a, a lot down there. I've been down there probably four or five yeah. times. And I still haven't seen it all. It's just yeah. It's just <laughs> no. It is. It's a big city, man. It is a big city. But I want to say, I mean, you can see Lucas from there. I would, I probably a 10, 15 minute walk. I want to say. Right, they all Lucas right over to the convention they, center. They pass them all on the highway. They all right there in the cluster, just like when you go to Philly. Yeah, yeah. the Eagles, the Phillies, the uh. X, what is it called? Radio Live or something. It's another place. All the entertainment and convention places all in the same vicinity. You can see them from the highway. Yeah. Yeah. They're all they're all right around the same area down there, but uh it's always a good time. They they've been down there a few times, you know, in ATA. We've been down there as well. It's it's a cool little town. So good good eats down there for sure, for sure. What's that place you like, Dave, down there? Um, it's got that shrimp. What's it called? Um oh. Uh, I know. Uh, I, I couldn't think of it myself. That's why I needed to throw you one of those. Is it St. Elmo's? No. St. Elmo's. That's it. Yeah. St. Elmo's is good, good stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty so cool. If you haven't been there yet, you got to go to St. Elmo's yeah. down there. Food's so. unbelievable. It's expensive, but good. I, I mean, every time I go downtown, I go with my coach, my college coach, and he's a pizza head. So we always live somewhere eating pizza. But uh, with the family, <laughs> the only thing we didn't have that hasn't disappointed Indiana is Mexico. It's like the Mexican there for every spot. We've tried different spots, and they all hit. They all like either a nine or a ten. Now Love we tried it. sushi there, coming from New Jersey. So there, that was a fail. Like that was bad. Like both. both <laughs> I, 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 I my appetite. Like, I can't believe I just wasted my money on this. Like <laughs> I lived in Jersey for eight years, and right next to the sea, and I come here and eat some river fish. Like what is? <laughs> Fish tuna? <laughs> you haven't had the Kroger sushi yet? Uh, no. <laughs> Costco here, sushi. Here in New Jersey, I can go to like a supermarket or something, grab sushi, and it's still pretty good. Yeah. It was like that. Like even they chimed the one place my realtor like, yo, this is the best sushi place. We went there and it was like, yo, this is. <laughs> I looked at my wife and she was looking at me like. You, you don't know that. what I know. <laughs> yeah, I like, no, like this is not good, Bobby. Sorry, Bobby B. This is not the one. <laughs> Ate the first year bubble. Even my Ate kids didn't even eat it. Like, that's bad. My daughter <laughs> eat anything. And she would not. She's looking at me like that is so funny. <laughs> so I love it, man. Well, cool. All right, so Corey. You- thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. And uh, hey, uh, good luck. This this it's coming up, man. This big fight. So good luck. I, I know you can do it. We believe in you. You got this. You got it, this guys. for the hunting community. Get my belt, and I'm gonna go straight to the tree stand wearing my belt. I don't know if I'm gonna see nothing. The, the blade that's okay, man. You wear you wear that one with pride for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's but, cool, man. All right, um, yeah, I'll put the link below, guys, for uh, everybody watching online uh, for Corey's you uh, YouTube page. We'll get that on there. Um, 
it's outdoors overtime. So I'll, I'll link that below. If you're listening online, you can uh, go into the description of the uh, audio and you can, uh, you know, click that link below as well. So Corey, thanks a lot, man. Good luck the rest of your season. And like I said, good luck in your fight. We know you can do this. We'll be watching, man. Thank you guys. You guys have a good night and thank you for having me on. And I'll talk to you guys soon. The Bowhunter Planet podcast would like to thank our outdoor partners for their support. It's because of these companies we can keep this show educating, entertaining, and growing the archery heritage.